0: Hello, and welcome to Clock Spinning, the podcast of Magic's history, as told card by card. I'm Austin, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Connor. How are you today, Connor? I'm doing pretty good. Feeling a little old. Old? Why? We were uh, driving back
1: from uh, dinner, and it was just starting to get dark, and the first thing that popped into my head as I started driving was, why are all these headlights so bright
0: now? Oh, that's not being old. That is that headlights are just too freaking bright now. They're getting brighter, right? No, they are. This is this is actually true. They are getting brighter. It's terrible. Yeah, I feel continually like that caught in the brights card from uh, Kaladesh. That's <laughs> how I feel. Like yeah. that gremlin.
1: Yeah, that poor gremlin. He looks so he looks so innocent.
0: He's so scared. Poor guy.
1: Well, today, besides being caught in the brights, uh, we are coming back with another art review episode, Uh, and this time we're talking about every Dark Ritual art that's ever been printed.
0: Yep, going back to Alpha, the Alpha Well again, and uh, a little bit like Counterspell, we got some uh, tremendous highs here. We got some lows. I'll say overall, Connor, not to spoil it, I don't think the lows here are as low as some of the lows we hit with Counterspell. Generally higher standard of art here on Dark Ritual.
1: Yeah, a lot of the uh, Counterspell art whiffed. But we got a pretty good batch coming up here.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. If you're new to the show, uh, there's always a link down below the show in the show notes to a scryfall search that's going to show all the arts we talk about today. Uh, for this episode, that is critical. We're not going to try to describe all 13 of these crazy arts. Just take a look, or you can check it out on our YouTube channel. We'll throw up an image of each card as we talk about it. Uh, Clockspinning.com has all the links to all that stuff. I don't know, Connor, you ready to dive into limited edition alpha here? Yeah, let's uh, let's add some black mana to our mana pools. Here, here. All right, first up, we have Sandra Everingham's uh, limited edition alpha print of Dark Ritual. I think this one knocks it out of the park, like right off the bat. The art here is. Pretty simplistic by modern magic standards, just in terms of the kind of technical execution. There's not a huge amount of depth to this piece. It's relatively simple, but it's still a really incredible piece to my mind and not even just grading on a curve. Like to me, you get the feeling of power from this art, you know, you see this surge of uh, mana or energy coming out from the bottom of the frame. You get the idea of the ritual right in there through the book. And then I like this hooded figure. Uh, the figure is sinister, but also because we can't see the face, I feel like this kind of invites us to put ourselves into the art and imagine that we are the ones casting this evil ritual. Uh, and, you know, for alpha art, there's a background here. It's not an amazing background, but there is something behind the character. And that's that's always a given uh, in alpha art. I don't know. Overall, I, I give this very high marks. I am an S rating.
1: Yeah, we're we're already ahead of most counter spells just by having a background. <laughs> yeah, I love this one too. this This card feels so so old when you look at it in its alpha glory. And obviously, I've never looked at an actual alpha dark ritual in person
0: because it's three hundred sixteen dollars.
1: Yeah, it's it's a little a bit of a, a, a reach. But you look at this even here on a computer screen; it just looks so old. Like this could have been printed in eighteen ninety three. And you're right; the art is really simple, but really effective you have this clearly sinister spellcaster in a spooky place using this pretty evil looking spellbook for some dark magic like this is a dark ritual
0: yeah it really brings home um something you you sometimes hear about the alpha alpha beta cards in particular is they have this spellbook quality that even just a few sets later kind of disappears as they clean up the graphic design and make the cards frankly easier to read but like this one, where the, the name and the type line and the mana symbol are almost invisible and you have just this like bubbling black frame uh, and then this stark text on a papyrus-like background, like it just looks like a spell. It's, it's pretty cool. It sure
1: does. And speaking of text, this is the only dark ritual we'll see where the text box actually spells out, add three black mana to your mana pool.
0: Yeah, as in the number three and then the words black mana. <laughs> Correct. Yep. Yeah, from here on out until almost the very end, they all say the same thing. Add BBB to your mana pool, which is kind of cool. We have like decades of card with the exact same text, kind of like Counterspell. Yep. So I, are, are are you at an S? Con- oh, I should have mentioned we are rating these uh, for the listener on the classic YouTuber S to F scale, where S is the best. And then we got A, B, C, D, E, and F, obviously, is the worst rating.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd give this an A. It doesn't reach quite all the way to S for me. can't really <sighs> say why i don't i don't know it just doesn't doesn't pop the way that an s tier card does uh huh all right okay let's go to our second dark ritual from ice age and this is a piece by justin hampton this is one of the derpiest cards i've <laughs> have ever seen it's it's so 2d and in, in what to me is a really amusing way the stones in the background there's i i guess Lim duel the necromancer is standing in kind of this this stonehenge type place with a couple of cultists about
0: stonehenge he's literally standing in stone yeah it's
1: basically stonehenge uh, but this the stones of the henge don't curve around at all the way you would expect them to they're just sort of a a flat completely two-dimensional stone arrangement behind him uh the lighting doesn't really make a lot of sense here uh since we're at night and we've got these two fiery braziers i guess that are Providing a lot more light to the scene than I'd expect them to do. There's all but there's all these like other great, derpy little details here. duel has got this jet black armor on under his robe. It's just sort of peeking through there. It's lovingly sculpted to his pecs and abs for some reason. <laughs> like <laughs> Duel is either ripped or he's wearing a piece of armor that makes him look really ripped. Uh it's just really fun. This is this is an A for me.
0: Oh, I can't go to AI. This is just too corny to me. Like, I really want to like this art because it is kind of fun and campy and kind of old, like a, I don't know, like something from, uh, like something from the Dungeon Master's Guide, honestly, from around 1984. Yeah, but it's it's just too derpy to me and too kind of cartoonishly evil like uh i don't buy Lim Duel's facial expression the guys behind him just look kind of bored um we've got these like comically evil I think one of them's falling asleep braziers of two muscular demons holding up a bowl of flames like it's just it's too much it's kind of too over the top without sticking the landing for me like you can either lean into the evil this hard uh and stick the landing or you can lean into the silliness and i feel like this this doesn't know that it's silly you know it you know what i mean that's that's part of the charm to me just that it's so it's so earnest
1: yeah it's it's trying so hard to be evil except that one cultist on the right that i think is dozing off
0: (laughs) what Uh, (laughs) what is that guy doing he he does look like he's kind of about to nod off a little bit he's tired it's a long ritual that's the middle of the night as far as we can tell
1: it is they've been up all day they you know they got to get up early he's got a job he doesn't. All he does, he's the apprentice. He can't just come out to Henges all night and make black mana.
0: Yeah, I, I'm a C on this. I don't. I don't oh. hate it, but I. It's to me, this is just middle of the pack. Oh man, I know. I'm sorry. I, I. It's just so comically evil. Like to me, it looks like one of those photos I've seen of like the Church of Satan's rituals, where it's just so over the top that the effect is like community theater. I'm very glad you brought that up because to me, Satanism
1: specifically, this almost feels like something you'd see in in like a, a tract warning you that playing Magic the Gathering will imperil your soul. (laughs) Yes add (laughs) a pentagram here. Yeah, and and then this that tract would probably point to this exact card as as evidence
0: that look look at the evil being committed here. The card's even called Dark Ritual. Yeah, it'd be tough to argue with that. Yeah. The flavor text here also to me is just pretty lame. Leshrak, my liege, grant me the power I am due. Limduel the
1: necromancer. Like eh that's a meh. This this limb duel doesn't look like he would sound like that
0: either. <laughs> I guess he does look like he needs help acquiring power. Yeah. All right. Let's jump ahead to Mirage Block, uh, Magic's first African setting, uh, with some art by John Coulthart. Uh, this is a B for me. It's not an exceptional piece, but I, I quite like it. I like the way it depicts like a very kind of African culture and African scene that was very unusual for Magic at the time. It's still kind of unusual now. I like the uh, the kind of paradoxical use of light and warm tones here. Like we seem to be in a, a cave of some sort. It's like very black and dark, and then the, but the feeling of light kind of comes through this art, um, both in the kind of white. I don't know, what would you call it? Like kind of flow of energy coming up from below, but also the kind of golden pool of light pouring in from behind. Like my only critique here is that I find the figures a little bit wooden uh, and awkward looking, but overall I, I like this piece quite a lot. It's very unusual. Yeah, I'm I'm not as high on it. I think I can't
1: really get over the the stiffness of the figures. At, at first I felt like the the lightness of the ritual that they're casting it it is like white energy and red energy like it's sort of a boros color scheme to the the magic that they're calling forth here
0: yeah i get it. it's not exactly an
1: evil looking ritual per se and their clothes aren't particularly evil looking either you know they all their clothes also have the boros color scheme
0: yeah but you you have this like slight lovecraftian thing going on with Half of the white energy, right? Like if you look closely at the yeah. right side of the frame, there's like an eyeball and a maw or something. Yeah, I kind I kind of like that. I'm more of that actually, please, Jonathan.
1: So, so I I don't love the the kind of stiffness of the figures. There it sort of takes away a sense of dimension to it for me. What I do like is this kind of impression that we're in a cave, and you know maybe the fact that they're not wearing what we would think of as like necromancer's clothes uh, suggests that. You know, these three spellcasters are hiding away to bring forth this energy in a way that they don't want
0: other people to know about. As opposed to Limduel, who's just right out in the open. <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting you bring up three spellcasters because this is the first of several cards we've seen that have three of a thing. Um, I'm not sure in this case that I buy that. You know, there's a connection between three spellcasters, three mana, but there's some later ones where I think that's definitely part of the uh, the visual, the language of it. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, also, the type here is funky. This is a mana source, which was a very, very short-lived uh, uh, type line. Uh, I think like pre-sixth edition, like when the rule they were trying to figure out how to make the rules of Magic work, but they hadn't quite figured it out.
1: Yeah, I I was trying to confirm this. I read that this card, Dark Ritual, and another card called Calling the Weak, which is sort of a Dark Ritual on on steroids, that requires you to sacrifice a creature and gives you four black mana, are
0: the only mana sources yeah that sounds like it's going to be kind of hard to google to me yeah
1: i was trying to figure out the scryfall search to look for a card type that no longer
0: exists and yeah i know you can search printed text but i don't know if you can search printed type line because there's yeah. like syntax for this well, well we'll come back to this someday oh what's your rating so i'm a b on this this is solid but unexceptional
1: um i kind of i came in with the d but i'm gonna i'm gonna bring that up to a c I like it the more I look at it.
0: Actually, I'm going to we don't have to do
1: this, but I'm going to come down to a C because I think C is right. Okay, agree on C. Okay, we've got a fifth edition Dark Ritual now by Clint Langley. Uh and this one comes in at just a straight up F for me. <laughs> I have always hated this art and it really is not helped by the white border on the card here. Oh, like no, I, it's I don't sure want to hold the frame against this art but it's already so bad that I'm just going to do it anyway. It would be an F either way. Dark Wizard that we see here is just, he's so twisted and evil looking in such an over-the-top way that he's just kind of come full circle to looking silly to me. And he's also really symmetrical (laughs) in a way that I don't like.
0: Uh, I'm an E on this just because I think the technical execution is quite good there's a lot of skill that goes into the uh the art here but yeah like I called the Ice Age 1 cartoonish this is like clownish like there is Mm. there is no nuance to this guy this is like something you'd see painted like in a house of horrors at a carnival or something like I just don't buy this art at all it's just it's just gourd ball for me yeah yeah
1: he's just like he's so evil and messed up by the darkness and he just looks ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will say I think we must be somewhat in the minority on that because if you exclude uh the original alpha dark ritual which you know that saw three printings just from alpha beta unlimited. This is the most reprinted dark ritual art. It shows up in uh 5th edition and then in um what is BRB uh in Battle Royale box and then another Battle Royale box and then um a bunch of DKM Whatever that was. Anyway, in supplemental sets for about 10 years, this was the dark ritual art, apparently. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I agree. uh, It's not doing it for me. I mean, I guess it's kind of
1: the most generic of the dark ritual arts we've seen so far. Like, you could just, you know, keep slapping this on there. There's no real context to it or recognizable character or setting.
0: Yeah, and it's stylistically modern enough that it wouldn't look like way out of place. Right. I assume none of that lifts it above an F for you, though.
1: Definitely not.
0: All right, let's go to Ken Meyer Junior's art from Tempest. I I just find this like just bland, just just super bland. I give it a D because I don't mind it. I don't love it. It's just like just a blue guy with some blue sparkles. I do like. There's a little bit of a like an Arabian Nights vibe going on here in my mind. Like it feels. I guess because why is there an Arabian Nights vibe? Um, There's sand. And he's got a uh-huh. ring, yeah. And a <laughs> yeah, the two a beard, the two main features of Arabian Nights, like kind of a what I print picture the beard Aladdin having. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know why uh-huh. I'm even a D on this. I have so few feel, emotions looking
1: at it. Yeah, this is uh, I think the lowest of low points for me, art wise. <laughs> like this is a an F minus. As much as I hated <laughs> F-. this is an F minus. As much as I hated the previous art, at least that had kind of a sense of power and mm-hmm. sinister purpose to it this is just some guy with uh really pointy nails and eyebrows and a goatee with a bit of dust or sand if it's arabian <laughs> nights he kind of looks like he's gaining one life uh if that i mean this is like <laughs> a quarter of a life just an f what i would like to see from this card is an altar of it where he's holding a flashlight in his hand instead of magic dust <laughs> because that's what he's
0: doing look at the lighting he's on telling his face a scary story at the campfire he is yeah uh, All right, I'm coming down to F. You know what? I don't know why I, why I would fight for this card. F,
1: don't. Yeah, just flunk it. Okay, I feel a lot better about this next one, which is a Tom Fleming Dark Ritual from Urza's Saga. I, I feel like this is a, a great save from the last one. The art is really understated here in a way that the arts we've seen so far have not been. Uh, it's really obvious that something horrible has happened to this poor creature that I'm going to assume is a goblin that's just been sacrificed. But we don't actually see the act. We just see the aftermath of it. And there's this white sheet uh, off to the right here that adds to this impression that the ritual is kind of something to be
0: concealed and kept out of sight. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, one of the things that jumped out at me here is I think dark ritual is a Weirdly hard thing for an artist to get across in this way. Like a lot of black cards that have a kind of ritual theme imply some kind of trade-off or price. Like they're often themed around negotiating with say demons or like evil powers, right? And you pay life or you sack a creature or maybe you even lose the game if you're not able to meet their conditions. So you have this kind of like this, uh, this bargain being struck. But this like the price of dark ritual, there is no price to dark ritual, right? Except I guess like card disadvantage. You're not paying any cost. And so there is this slight disconnect here in in this art of like there's really nothing in dark ritual that requires sacrificing a goblin and so it, there's a little bit of a miss there for me against that i will say i love this art i mean i think on a technical level this is great uh, i like the kind of understated horror as you mentioned i like the machine altar that the goblin is mm-hmm. laying on top of again it's like this subtle little phyrexian thing going on i i think from a technical standpoint this is this is extremely accomplished
1: i, I like that point about There is no real sacrifice happening here. And a lot of the art suggests that there might be this. This art might be better off on that other mana source that I mentioned a few cards ago, Culling the Weak, where you actually do have to sacrifice a creature.
0: Oh, this would have been perfect for Culling the Weak. And it totally goes with the Phyrexian kind of vibe, too, Culling the
1: Weak. Right. Well, Culling the Weak, I mean, there's definitely a goblin being sacrificed in that art uh and the flavor text there is also phyrexian themed so it's all coming together
0: it's all coming together this also has a couple of modern frame reprints which i think is fun it first appeared in dual decks phyrexia versus the coalition and then on the list uh and then also in a japanese promo printing which looks really really cool Hmm. Uh, and that might be the new dark ritual for my cube it's just super unique i have to look at that yeah oh what is your rating i'm an a oh it's it's an a for me huh i'm surprised it doesn't get to s you were you gushed about it so strongly
1: yeah, the, I really like the altar, but if you look closely, there's some, some kind of weird proportions and angles to it that get a little jarring the closer you look. I'm just uh, completely yeah. nitpicking here. but
0: No, I see what you mean. The vanishing point seems slightly off, doesn't it? Yeah, and there's just just some little details that are a little off. Okay, while we're critiquing this great piece of art that I could never produce, I have two other critiques of it. Mm-hmm. Um, one is i don't really get this vial it looks too small to contain all the goblins blood and also it, it's like floating i they must just be like changing
1: that out every <laughs> couple of seconds <laughs> so it's just you busy. yeah there's a there's a
0: phyrexian just outside the frame who's just constantly swapping out vials so that that kind of bugs me and also there's like a there's a slight mismatch of scale here where the hand is like too big or like, we should be seeing part of the body or there's just an arm on top of the altar. Like, I can't quite make sense of the size of the altar and the size of the hand. I was thinking about that. Like, it's kind of too close
1: to the top to fit. Like, the goblin's too big for the altar.
0: Yeah, unless the altar is like 12 feet wide or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. All right. It's still an A, but yeah, come on. Come on, Tom. Get it together. <laughs> All right, next up, we have Rebecca Gway's Dark Ritual, originally printed in Mercadian Masks. Uh, I love this piece. I am a uh, Rebecca Gway stan, so I'm uh, hugely biased. And um, there's a couple things I like about it. One is that, uh, it's the first card to like really acknowledge the threeness of Dark Ritual. Like we saw a little bit of that in the Mirage Art, but I'm frankly, I'm not convinced that wasn't a coincidence. But in this one, it's clear that Rebecca Guay has understood what the card does. And we have this kind of three uh, like little coven of witches. And then we have an eye up above um, which maybe that's the one mana you're putting into it. I don't know. But anyway, there's like a um, there's a very clear acknowledgement of the effect of the card here, which I like. And there's also kind of a feminine energy here that I find interesting. Like most of the other dark rituals are kind of very masculine, right? We have these, you know, we've got Rack with his huge abs. We got uh, the guy in the Mirage one, the, the just skinny, skinny guy. We got the big over the top evil demon. I don't need to keep listing them. But like here we've got, you know, with the soft purple cloud and the like eyelashes on the eye and the feminine clothing like this is kind of a feminine evil ritual and i like that and i like that we've got kind of a witch's chant going on down in the flavor text that marries together really well like the flavor text here is eye of twilight give us sight take our offer give us might make our power tears of night uh i I like that it's a little it's a little on the nose but it's still cool so like this is this is almost an S for me the one thing that holding it back in my mind is there's kind of a a looseness to it like Rebecca Guay's art is always kind of ethereal and abstract but usually she's got a really strong grasp of like physics and control of her lines and like even though it looks sort of wispy everything looks like it's there exactly where she wanted it and I, I don't quite feel that way looking at this like the circle isn't quite circular the eye and the cloud don't really meet or marry together like there's a slight there's a slight kind of first draft quality here that I don't love
1: yeah, it's it feels a little bit unfinished. I think, especially the eye for me. Like if you look closely, the the eye really does look like it was just done in in pencil very quickly, and then with maybe a ballpoint pen going over it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's just kind of sitting on top of the cloud. There's no, it doesn't feel like it's emerging from the cloud or part of the cloud.
1: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really feel connected to the cloud at all, which is a, a little jarring to me. But it, in a way, the the unfinished nature of the eye makes it a little more creepy or unsettling to me mm-hmm. it's just floating up there we don't know why it's there or what the eye of twilight is or what power these tears of night are that the
0: the spell are chanting here can i can i ask you a like almost heretical question mm-hmm. do you think the original version of this did not have the eye and then that was a little too bland or not magical enough or dark enough that definitely seems possible, and I think I would like it better that way. I feel like, as a piece of art, I would like it better. It, it, I don't know. I wish uh, it's the kind of thing that you can't really find answers to, but it just feels to me like maybe that was uh, um, an afterthought. Yeah, I do like that the uh, the ritual here isn't.
1: It's not scary in the way that most of the the rituals we've seen are. You know, the the last one was literally a goblin's like blood pouring into a vial, and we had our big uh, demon clown back in fifth edition. Uh, and then this is, you know, you don't really see anything terrible happening here, but I still don't really want to be near this ritual.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I'm an A on this. It's not quite to S just because of that slightly unfinished quality, but uh, where do you land, Connor? Uh, it's it's a B for me.
1: Um, I love Rebecca Guay as well, but this one's just a little too, it's a little too odd and a little too kind of first draft feeling, like you said, and I just can't really can't latch onto it the way I want to. I can see that,
0: yeah. Interestingly, this is one of the this is the only one of these older dark ritual arts, besides uh the utterly forgettable tempest art, to never have gotten a reprint, which surprises me given how beloved an artist Rebecca Gway is. I wonder if there's some kind of licensing issue or something. Hmm. That just feels like free money though to me to reprint this.
1: It really does. Yeah. I'm surprised we haven't seen this as some kind of secret
0: lair or something. Yeah, where is the Rebecca Gway secret layer? Does wizards hmm. and Rebecca
1: Gway hate money or I think we could safely say at least one of them does
0: not. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yes, absolutely.
1: Okay, let's uh, go to our next dark ritual, which is a, a big leap forward in time to 2009. When was the this Gui one done? 1999? I believe. So we have a full decade without any new dark ritual art. A full decade, which is similar to what happened uh, in our Counterspell
0: episode. Well, I think because wizards had decided these were both too powerful, sort yeah. of rightly, and... You know, this is kind of before supplemental products, right? There was no, there were no master sets. There were no yep. um anthology sets. There weren't even really dual decks. So there was nowhere to put these awesome cards. Yeah, there was no commander. There was no modern. Right, right. Anyway, this Dark
1: Ritual, 2009, it's in the uh newer frame. Uh, And it's a Judge gift card. I don't really know what the story behind this particular Dark Ritual is or why it has some of the strangest art I've ever seen
0: but I wish I did. Yeah. Wizards often lets uh, artists run a little bit loose with uh, judge promos. I feel like that was almost the, they were almost the proto secret layer. I see in your notes, you called this like a Majora's mask creature. And I was like, as I was looking at this, I was like, this is like a Zelda thing. I can't put my Zelda guy. Yes. This is like a Majora's mask guy. And I don't, I don't really know why he's here. It kind of, I, I don't know how to feel about this. Like it, I think aesthetically it's great. I, I don't know something about it doesn't really feel like a dark ritual, like kind of like the Phyrexian one, but more so it implies the sort of sacrifice that just isn't mm-hmm. there in dark rituals, mechanical effects. So there's a, there's a jarring quality to me there, even though, as I think this is a great piece.
1: Well, and, and it's a sacrifice of of something that's completely unrecognizable, right? Like the uh, Urza Saga version, you know, we can tell just from the hand, this is a goblin that's being sacrificed here. Uh, like, this is not a recognizable Magic the Gathering creature, which, you know, as you said, it's a, it's a judge promo. So maybe there's more of a free reign there. But like, what is this thing? It's like a little tree creature with Majora's mask on for some reason being turn into a big cloud of dust
0: yeah i feel like he is like a little tree creature although even then it's kind of confusing right like your brain wants to perceive him as having a right side up face but then if you look at the position of his arm mm-hmm. it suggests that it's the other way around so it's like it's yeah it's a mask or an upside down mask i don't know it's very confusing
1: yeah it's it's hard to hard to process a lot of unanswered questions here
0: yeah, it's definitely sinister with the way, like, if you zoom in, that his abdomen has been kind of cracked open like a tree trunk and this gas is pouring out. Um, yeah. It's pretty sick. Sick in both the sense of being cool and being very evil. So how do you feel about this one, tier-wise? I, I don't know. I feel like it's a B to me, just on the strength of the art, even as I feel like it doesn't really feel like a dark ritual to me. But I I do think it's a really nice piece.
1: Yeah. I'm at a C hovering, hovering between a B and a C. Cause I just, it makes me so confused.
0: It's, it's a super confusing. I don't know how
1: to feel about it.
0: I don't know. Let's just leave it there. B, C, somewhere in there. Yep. We'll stick it, stick with C. All right. Next up, we have a uh, Richard Wrights for uh, the Amonkhet Invocation series. Uh, this is like a, an easy D for me. And I feel like D is general generous for a couple of reasons. Um, One, I get zero ritual from this. Like if this card was called Dark Temple, like maybe maybe this art could work for me but like there is no ritual going on except maybe some very faint purple lines but this is basically just like a brooding temple and then also like so many of these invocations there is an overwhelming digitalness to this art like every line is perfectly straight um there's tons of like lens flare and lighting effects going on um like it's perf like utterly perfectly symmetrical like I don't know. I just, I don't, I really don't like it. Almost anything about it.
1: Yeah, the invocations are are funny like that. There's, there is just a little too much sort of help. I think especially with the lighting on this one from the computer in a way that feels wrong on a magic card. And the the frame itself is also very shiny and digital.
0: Yeah. And I wonder if that's why they did it. Like I've, I've only seen an invocation card in a uh, person unsleeved a handful of times and they, they almost all work better in that venue because they are so foily and shiny. They don't look kind of cornball in the way they look on the computer screen, which I remember was always the argument when they came out of like wizard said, they look better than you think, but everyone hated them on Reddit and blah, blah. But I, I don't know. I just, if I, if I take my fingers and cover up the frame and just look at the art, the art is like we, we often use this comparison, but the art is like a loading screen from, like, Titan Quest. Oh, man, it really is. <laughs> Isn't it? It's like you're you're moving to the Egypt world. What if, what if world we use the Titan, Titan Quest, Quest comparison? <laughs> <laughs> well, we often say things look like loading screens from uh, older RTSs. I'm, uh, well, I'm definitely
1: going to be pulling that one out now. Yeah, the scale of this art, to me, it looks something that's really confusing to me is it looks absolutely epic from afar like just this massive temple with these huge you know god pharaoh nicole bolas horns poking up there uh and then you look closer and you go like hang on that those are only like 20 feet tall and the ritual is just some kind of purple wispy energy floating around even even when you see what the ritual is here it's it doesn't look like much of a ritual, so I kind of feel like this is great arms-length art. Like I'm sure this does look better in person on a real printed card, and maybe this dark ritual is just one that you admire as it sits in your hand of very expensive magic cards, but don't you know <laughs> look too close at
0: it. <laughs> there is a blown-up version of the art that I just uh messaged you, and I think in that, like, are there like worshippers making their way up the steps here? I think so. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like some... you can see them. You can see them on this card. Look closely. Again, like, I look at them, going back to that, like, early 3D game thing, they all appear to be the exact same, like, Maya model (laughs) in slightly different poses. Like, again, they're just way too similar. Yeah. It's also very symmetrical,
1: which could work for a piece like this, but when it looks like someone used, like, an actual symmetry tool in a digital art application then doesn't stick to
0: landing. Yeah, I'm also realizing, I, I wish I'd thought to bring it up earlier, but there was an older TCG player article, or not older, oh my gosh, it's only from a month ago. We're in trouble, Connor. Ranking the dark ritual art <laughs> in magic. Oh boy. And uh, the author of this piece, uh, Quentin Bartholomew, who I'll link if people want a different perspective, ranks this as his number three dark ritual of all time. Hmm. So I don't know what to do with that. Hmm. And the uh, Clint Langley one that we thought was super over the top. Number four, Ken Meyer Jr. He has middle of the pack. So this is definitely in the eye of the beholder. Incidentally, let us know in the YouTube comments or Reddit where you disagree with us.
1: Yeah, where, you know, everyone has a different perspective on these arts.
0: Yeah, so I'm a D. Where where did you land on this? Um, so I had it as, at a B, but I'm sort of
1: gradually coming to a C the more I look at it and the more kind of bored I am by it. Yeah, yeah, bored is about right for this. It's just just a little bit boring. Okay, let's move on to a more exciting one. Uh, This is a Strixhaven Mystical Archives printing of Dark Ritual by Robbie Trevino, the English version. And for me, this is sort of the opposite of the Invocations Dark Ritual we just saw. The closer you look at this, the more you're rewarded, I feel like. (laughs) There are all these interesting details a third hand coming out of the wizard's cloak, echoing back to those threes that we saw in other arts. There are these nails protruding from the wizard's hood that kind of add a little extra sinister touch to it. There are these skull shapes in the dark cloud that's surrounding the spellcaster, these shapes kind of lining the bottom of the piece, which sort of remind me of those lost souls in Ursula's Lair in The Little Mermaid, if you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yep, 100% know what you're talking about.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's just, there's so much going on here and and I love
0: every part of it. As you said, the deeper you look, the more you see. Like Another example is there's this kind of, uh, this series of black kind of arcing shapes around her. And if you look closely, there are skulls coming, coming off of it that are generating the black smoke that surrounds yeah. her. Going back to the threes, you've got this really strong theme of threes running through here, right? Of like, she has three hands, or there are three hands. I don't know if they're all hers. You've got her body or her cloak or whatever you want to call it is a like super sharp edge triangle. You've got these three rings around her. Like you've got this, this like re- these repeating layers of threeness, but it's not it's not so over the top that it becomes oppressive or corny. It's just like this motif that rewards you for looking more deeply at at the art. Yeah, I didn't notice the, the triangular cloak. That's
1: a good call out.
0: Yeah, the other thing I really like here, to me, this is the first, and actually I think the only piece we look at that to me really answers the question of like, how does the dark ritual work? Like to my earlier point, it doesn't work by sacrificing a creature. It doesn't seem to have any cost. And so my read on it, uh, certainly from this piece, is it's drawing on your own intrinsic powers as a super evil wizard. That like the dark ritual you're conducting here is not like service to some other entity or some evil sacrifice. It's simply that you've gone so deep in your mastery of black magic that you can just take, take one mana and transform it into three by your own like black selfish power Mm,
1: i like that yeah
0: that that's my read on how dark rituals should be so all future artists like take take note it should like flow from your own ego and your own ability yeah (laughs) i hope all of our uh aspiring dark ritualists are taking notes on how to do
1: it right yeah i I think we've kind of established
0: the best way to do it here another
1: interesting detail though is that you know for all of the black mana that's being created here the background of this piece is a sun and the energy that's being summoned is white yeah i love that
0: it's it's kind of a it's a little mystery in here right like is that is that the sun in the world of light that's being betrayed like i i don't know it's sort of left unspoken yeah yeah there's just so much to uh to think about here I like that this quotes Lim Duel. I think that's kind of fun that this ancient magic character gets name checked. And like, as I understand it, the conceit of the mystical archives um, is that they're a collection that Strixhaven maintains of some of the most powerful spells from throughout the multiverse. And I like that this kind of canonically says, hey, the Lim Duel ritual from the silly Ice Age art, like that is the original canonical dark ritual. And I think that's kind of fun. Uh, And I like that uh, Lim Duel gets kind of an an upgrade here uh, in his flavor text. He sounds much less corny and much less weak than in the Ice Age one. This flavor text says, they distrust my methods, but when they want results, whom do you think they see? Incantations of Limb Duel. I like that. I like that kind of self-assurance that
1: runs through that. I'm, I mostly like that flavor text until the part where it says incantations of Limb Duel. Like, is this an incantation?
0: Yeah, I think this is, you know, this is the
1: thing in the archive. This is his his book or a page from his book. Oh, I see. Okay. Coming around a little.
0: I might upgrade it to an S for that. Yeah, I'm an A on this. I don't know why I'm not an S. This is, you know what? I'm an S, Connor. Yeah. Why would I hold back? This is an S tier. Bring it up to an S. I think if if I were to put a dark ritual in my cube, I think this would be the one. This is the one. All right. Let's go to the other Strixhaven Mystical Archive piece by an artist called Rhine with a period. Rien? I'm not I'm not really sure how to pronounce this name, and I'm not sure why it has a period after it, but I like it. I also really like this art. To me, this art looks like it kind of emerged from a book of Japanese fairy tales, and it looks like a book of Japanese fairy tales uh, that I want to read. Uh, one of the things I quite like about this is it sort of tells a story or suggested a story in the art. Uh, and I think part of the the secret there is that it's a little complex, right? So we have these white kind of ghostly figures shrouding um, the area behind and around uh, the central figure casting the ritual. But then we also have this one red demonic arm sort of emerging from nothing behind. And there's like a, there's a mystery there or attention of like, well, which one is it? Who, whose powers are being called on? Is it both? What does that mean? Um, I like the expression uh, on the figure. There's like a little bit of worry in their face, maybe a little determination. It's ambiguous. It's kind of hard to read. I like the kind of calm setting contrasting with this like spirit realm rising out. Uh, yeah, I, I really like this piece. <sighs> this is another one that I want
1: to like more. <laughs> kind of like the uh, the Japanese mystical archives counterspell that we saw in our last episode. But this just doesn't really do it for me. I do like this kind of old school occult vibe of, you know, this This person with a a very emotionally complex expression, given how few lines have really gone into the face, Mm -hmm. sitting in the circle of candles, summoning, I guess, some horrible spirits. But I think it's just a little too simple for me. Like the walls are completely unadorned. The floor is just completely plain slats, wood floor. (laughs) The clothes don't really have anything going on. And I don't know, it's just it's missing that extra pop for me.
0: But I, I feel like that simplicity, that austerity even, is part of what makes the piece work uh, in a couple of sense like senses. One, I feel like it makes it look like an old Japanese woodblock print, like old, like 200 years ago. Yeah. And two, I think it like... In uh, understanding comics Scott McCloud talks about how like in Disney movies you have these really simple characters on really richly detailed backgrounds and what that does is it lets you a kind of focus your attention on the character and b project yourself into the character because of this this contrast it's a realistic world with a, a simple character now i feel like in this case what i what i see is the simple background to me allows the allows the kind of central character and the demon and the spirits to kind of take center stage and not get have the background get in the way because i feel like if you had a really rich background with these kind of simple line art characters like you would you would you would lose the kind of central story here yeah do you buy that or is that just bs
1: i mean i mean (laughs) it sounds very persuasive you you argue your case well but i i think it is the the simple background like i I i just wish there was you know maybe if if one of these uh paper doors behind him was was shoji was open to a, a night sky or something or just some kind of but it can't be open because this is a clandestine evil ritual connor i know but what if what if the shoji was open and the spirits were coming in through it or something i don't know okay, it's interesting. just i really like where this is going and the sort of feeling that it's evoking it has this kind of sinister melancholy to it that i don't think any of the other dark rituals we've seen have but it just doesn't have that spark for me i, I can't really say why all right, well, I'll allow it. I'm going to give this an A. I, I really like it. All right, I I'm cu- I have it at a C, but that just seems ridiculous. So I'm going to go to a B. <laughs> All right. Okay, this one's a lot easier for me to, to rate and explain. Uh, this is the 40K Dark Ritual from, I believe, the Ruinous Powers deck. The piece is by Wan Chun Choi, and it is three fat flies crawling around on a skull. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Do you have anything to add? What's your rating? It's an F for me. <laughs> Watch them in F. I mean, I get that they needed to add different artwork to, you know, make this click in the 40K deck. Like, none of the art we've seen so far would really fit into the 40K setting. But is this really the best that the Ruinous Powers can muster? Like, three <laughs> flies in eye sockets and a nose? Like, it's just some <laughs> nasty flies crawling around on a skull. That's not a ritual.
0: It's not. <laughs> it's not um i'm less harsh on it because i kind of i kind of like how weird it is like i i I guess i give some points for originality like you there's no other dark ritual that looks remotely close to this good <laughs> um i like that there are three flies for the three black i mean it's kind of like there's three black mana symbols just sitting in the middle of the art i know but they're flies i don't want my black mana to be flies i guess i just don't really get it like to me it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense as a dark ritual like i kind of like it as a piece of art but it it, i agree that it's pretty incoherent there's no ritual here and the the flavor text sort of feels like it's trying to explain
1: it a little bit it says praise nurgle for the plague to have progressed so quickly truly his
0: blessing must be upon us kugath plague father
1: dark ritual is not about a plague uh
0: i do think the flavor text is funny for what it's worth yeah okay i mean i'm not going to go to f but this is definitely like a d probably i'll go to d yeah, I'm I'm sticking with F. These these three flies are not convincing me. All right, after three gross flies, let's let's do our best to end on a high note. We have a secret lair drop uh, piece here by Frank Frazetta, and this piece is amazing. Uh, so I'm giving this an S. I don't mind just throwing that out there right at the start. Part of that is because Frank Frazetta, you know, the godfather of fantasy art. I would feel kind of bad giving him uh, anything much lower. But I also think this piece like really works for dark ritual like this piece to me is pure unadulterated power like this is kind of what the clint langley piece is like trying to do but in a way that somehow is just as like over the top evil but doesn't look corny to me um i like the kind of unthinkable trade-off that it presents like you're trading your very flesh for the power to do this dark magic Mm. um i love the soft earth tones like everywhere in the piece except for this like fiery like kind of just huge splats of oil on canvas that's the magic coming down from above i like the like skill on display to convey the like velvet texture of the robe in very little space and in very few brush strokes like i i think this is just a a masterwork like you can reach out and touch it and put yourself in this piece and it's also incredibly simple and clean like s tier for me amazing
1: yeah it is pretty phenomenal and i think one of the one of the more expensive rituals we've looked at today with good reason you know, aside from it being in a secret layer drop. Like it is it is just beautiful, like beautifully executed. You can look at it and know that this is a real piece of art on a canvas somewhere, uh, with real oil paints that have been splashed across this
0: necromancer's hands. Cool. What's what's your rating, Connor? I uh, mean, I had an A, but I don't know why. You could be an A. I actually I am curious, why not S? Like, even if you're changing to S, what is it you think that held you back? <sighs> I don't. I don't know. I guess. I mean, it is
1: pretty simple, but it's a very effective kind of simple. You know, I. I think I've been spoiled by so much magic art that has so much going on in it. We've looked at all of these Kamigawa cards that have these massively complicated, over-the-top spirits that have all kinds of you know little things floating around them and too many mouths and too many eyeballs, just a like visual explosion in a way that a Frank Frazetta painting is not bringing, but. You know, I like I have so much respect for this this piece in a way that I don't for most of those that I think it does need to be an S.
0: Yeah, and I wonder what Frank what this is from originally because of course Frank Rosetta died like twelve years before this was printed, so I right. wonder what piece of art his estate dug up for this. Uh, they nailed it. All right, so we've been ending this. Uh, we ended the Counterspell uh, one on a question of like, which of these should I put in my cube? Connor, which of these should I put in my cube? I think you've got a praise Nurgle with this 40k fly fest. No, no, just because I didn't give it an F doesn't mean
1: I'm sticking that piece of mediocrity in. I mean, I would lean toward the Mystical Archives one. I, I have a real soft spot for just the Mystical Archives frame in general, but so many of the the spells printed with that frame and with the very special style of art just really
0: click for me. So that's the one I'd choose. I'm glad you said that. I'm right there with you. Like, I, I love this Frank Frazetta piece, but apart from the fact it's like five to ten times the price. Uh, yep. um, the uh, the Mystical Archives one is, is very magic, right? Like, I love the Frank Frazetta piece. I think it's an amazing piece of art. But this one is like, to me, uh, this mystical archive pieces like magic art at the height of its powers and while there's a lot uh, about recent magic sets to complain about like i can't complain about wizard's art direction like they are just taking it to the next level last couple years and this this kind of adventurous art style is one of the big reasons why absolutely So Connor, I, I was I was so inspired by the Rebecca Guay uh, painting and, and the accompanying poem in the flavor text that I, that I actually wrote you a poem. Oh. And I'm wondering, are, are you okay if I share it with the listeners or would you prefer I, it's just for you?
1: Please do. Put it out in the world.
0: Okay. All right. <clears throat> if nostalgia and trivia you'll never outgrow and our musings abuse, then subscribe to the show. Some cards will we love, some cards will we hate, but we promise this show will always be great. Oh, wow. That was great. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? I love that. Thanks, Connor. If you did like the show, subscribe to it. Follow it on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. That helps ensure uh, that you never missed an episode. And if you really liked it, share it with a friend. Uh, we're still young. We're still growing. This this show is nurturing, needs nurturing. Uh, so share it with Magic Playing Friend over Discord or text or something like that. And if you agreed or disagreed with our ratings, please comment on YouTube or Reddit. Email us, clockspinningpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what we got right and wrong. We'll join you soon for more old Magic cards. But until then, I'm Austin. And I'm Connor.